This episode of Profiles and Risk is sponsored by IAPATH. IAPATH, unlocking your adjusting superpowers. Go to IAPATH.com. This is Profiles in Risk. Hosted by Nick Lamparelli. Every week, we interview those who risk life, limb, fortunes, career, and reputation, and those who work behind the scenes who look to protect and enlighten us about risk. You can find the show notes and other insurance-related content at insnerds.com. That's I-N-S-N-E-R-D-S dot com. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Profiles in Risk. I'm your host, Nick Lamparelli. On this beautiful Friday afternoon, I am pleased to introduce Rebecca Wheeling. Rebecca is the CEO of Schedule It, which offers insurance carriers a streamlined scheduling solution for their adjusters. Happy Friday afternoon, Rebecca. Hey, thanks, Nick. The only thing that's missing is a beer, glass of wine, or something like that. It's kind of miserable here. I say it's beautiful, but it's raining here. How is it in Kentucky? Well, so the only thing missing right now is a mint and julep because it's derby season. Ah, uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. So next time we do this, yeah, let's let's make sure we do it on a Friday afternoon and we have the appropriate beverages for the for the podcast. Um, so welcome. Let's start off. We were having a pre-discussion. We were actually having a great conversation. I said, let's stop and let's start recording. We're we're letting all the air out of the balloon. Let's start off right off the bat. Schedule it in your own words. What do you do? So we empower the insurance companies to close their claims faster. Um, we automate the inspection scheduling process between the adjusters and the homeowners. Until I talked to you the first time, I didn't understand how much of a problem that was. Yeah. And you started giving me like a whole bunch of examples of uh, nuanced scheduling issues that have plagued the carriers, the TPAs, and the adjusters since like the beginning of time, especially during anything that's considered like near catastrophic levels. So before Schedule It, what were you doing and how did you venture into this particular solution? So my husband, Bob, and I were both independent insurance adjusters and you know we traveled all over the United States working for multiple independent adjusting firms and for insurance carriers. And we identified that we wasted about 40% of our day just trying to get homeowners scheduled. Um, Now, it wasn't always like that. Previously, when there wasn't caller ID and everybody had a landline, it was easy to get people scheduled. But once those variables started to change, then people didn't answer their phone calls whenever we would call them. So we were leaving voicemails and then people were calling us back when we were already on phone calling somebody else. So it was a real rat race. And we identified that if we hired a personal scheduling assistant, then we could see another one to two claims a day. And as independents, we could make more money, you know, and we could help more people. Okay. So when a claim occurs and the claim gets filed, so a notice of loss gets filed, Mm -hmm. the carrier typically assigns it out. I never really thought about the response of the adjuster having to actually reach out to the insured. And in situations where you have multiple claims, you have to reach all of them. So 
that's ultimately your responsibility, right? Yeah, because um, we're the ones doing the inspections. And so back in the day before Schedule It, which was only five years ago, and probably 90% of adjusters still do it this way. They receive a batch of claims. They map them using Streets and Trips or Delorme or Google Maps. Then they have to manually create a schedule. Um, How many are they going to see a day? How long is it going to take them to see each one? And then they have to manually put in all those claim notes. And so it's very cumbersome. So we just automated that entire process to be able to help all the adjusters. So how often does it occur that an adjuster gets, you know, uh, assigned a whole bunch of claims and they lose like an entire day because they couldn't get something scheduled? Does that happen? All the time. Yeah. So typically when there's large events and large doesn't mean a hurricane, that can just be a hail or a wind event or tornado. Um, They'll spend their first day or two or three days just, you know, in the office or in a hotel room, just trying to be able to get their scheduling done. But even a, a normal staff adjuster that is assigned two or three claims in a day, they're out inspecting, you know, when they get back in, you know, they're tired and they've got reports to write and then they've got to stop what they're doing and try to get a hold of these homeowners. So it happens constantly. Yeah, that sounds like a pain. So it sounds like schedule it would be quite a bit, uh, provide quite a bit of economic value, just zipping up that time, making it, you know, it's almost like it's like optimizing the, the time, the geography, the schedules. Could you walk us through how, how to schedule it actually work? So what most people don't realize is that schedule it is really a software. Um, it's called schedule it pro. And um, so whenever the software receives a claim and from various claims management systems, an adjuster has already entered in their scheduling preferences. And so when that carrier assigns the claim to the adjuster, the software will actually make first contact via text or an automated call. So almost 70% are now first contacted via text. Homeowners love it. You know, they don't want to answer a call that they don't know who's calling. So then um, once that insured confirms receipt of the text, the software will automatically send out the secure link to allow the homeowner to schedule themselves. So just like, you know, I'm sure that you've gone online and scheduled something yourself. This is allowing homeowners to be able to do that is the same way. And then once they confirm that scheduling appointment, then the Schedule It Pro software automatically updates their claims management system. So everything that we used to do manually, we've automated that, allowing the adjuster to have more time to focus on closing their claims instead of admin tasks. It sounds like there'd be a uh, use case for this beyond just insurers, like for TPAs. Yeah, we work with uh, multiple third-party administrators. We can also schedule for desk adjusters that need to have time on their calendars to be able to interact via, you know, remote web or to be able to do video conferencing with homeowners. All that time has to be scheduled on somebody's calendar. Otherwise, you're running the risk of having a poor customer experience. So, but I'll say on the other side, you know, there are some independent adjusters that don't want to handle any of their scheduling. So we also provide um, trained and vetted personal scheduling assistance to that group of people. How does that Um, work? 
So whenever their claims come in, the software still does its job, but then, you know, that 30% that need to be contacted or the homeowner doesn't feel comfortable doing a link or, you know, they want to be able to talk to somebody, then we have, you know, people here in Kentucky that talk to those homeowners and get their scheduling confirmed. You know, we're providing that omni-channel experience to meet the customer's needs, not necessarily, you know, leaving anybody out. Um, So it's going old school. Yeah, you know, there's that percentage that will always be that way, and that's okay. But the adjusters, the cool thing about it is that they tell us that they can see another one to two claims a day. So to us, that's another one to two homeowners that's getting helped and able to get their claims closed faster and their lives put back together faster because of a process that we've created. Yeah, that reminds me of the podcast I had with uh, David Milton of uh, teleclaims who said the only good claim is a closed claim. Uh, you want to close those as quickly as possible. So that leads me to natural catastrophes, which are the most difficult because you don't necessarily know when they're going to occur. And, and you're dealing, you're dealing with a magnitude or more increase, definitely more increase in the number of claims so that just throws a wrench because, you know, I'm thinking of uh, some of the flooding that occurred, uh, Sandy and Katrina and all of that. And it took adjusters a long time. Sandy specifically took adjusters a long time to get out there. Some of those roads were impassable. So walk us through how does schedule it handle large catastrophic events. And we'll get right back to this podcast right after a short message from our sponsor. I'm here with Chris Stanley, founder of IAPath. So, Chris, what is IAPath and why did you start it? Well, Nick, I started IAPath because a friend of mine wanted to get into the industry and couldn't find anything online about how to become an independent auto damage appraiser. And I just thought that was crazy and kind of unacceptable. So I decided I wanted to make it easier to be and become an independent appraiser and adjuster by providing people with information, inspiration, and eventually certification. From the beginning, it was important to me that I'd be a real human being that people could connect to. Yet, I dreamed it would become an organization that was big enough to make a difference. So what is IA Path? We're here to give people a clear-cut path to becoming an IA. Thus the name, IA Path. IA Path. Unlocking your adjusting superpowers. Go to IAPath.com. So walk us through how does schedule it handle large catastrophic events? So really the main thing is for, you know, when the carriers have started to require their adjusters to use the schedule it software, um, right now they don't have data to know what an adjuster's availability is. But when carriers do require the adjusters to use the scheduling software, then they, then they have the data of when the adjuster is available to inspect claims. Um, you ever read any of the Bain studies on customer loyalty? I have not. So um, there's one back from 2014, um, and it said, claim interactions, though infrequent, have the greatest effect on customer loyalty. And I have that on the wall here. Um, so during those large catastrophic events, um, we, we help carriers and we help adjusters by empowering them to streamline that manual process. So 
know, because a lot of people haven't seen this, let me try to help um, you imagine it. Imagine when a claim comes in, if you had the ability to not only assign the claims based on somebody's location or their capability, but you also knew what their cal calendar availability was. So, you know, currently in the industry, they only have um, historical data to tell them how many number of inspections or claims were contacted. So schedule it really gives them that data that says if you have um, a fire or a flood claim, you shouldn't assign it to John because he's booked the next three days. You should assign it to Bob, who's equally as capable, but has an opening tomorrow to inspect. So that's how we're modifying how large catastrophe events are handled. We're not just assigning based on where they're located and what their capabilities are, but we're assigning based on what the calendar availability is. So you first have to get all the adjusters using the same calendar. It, it just seems so mind-boggling to me that they, no one, that this hadn't been developed like a lot longer, but you know, maybe it required a lot of geospatial technology and other things to be put in to kind of coordinate it. But it just seems like that that's just, if you were going to design a uh, claims management system, that's how you would design it. Yeah, but I mean, most of the claims management systems focus on the process of the claim, not really the process that the people go through when they have to manage the claim. So if you think of first notice of loss, you know, the claims management system takes in that data. Um, it sends it to the next person, which is the um, adjuster. Nobody really thinks about what does the adjuster have to do. And then after that, paperwork after the adjuster does his part he submits it and then it has to go to the next person so it's really it's managing the process of the claim not actually what each person does in the claims process no i love it i love it um how does this integrate what's what's the how would a carrier mga or anyone else tpa um, integrate this into their their workflow systems their 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 other claims management systems yeah, so, um, you know, we have an API that's pretty simple, but the main thing is, um, you know, your adjusters can start using it today. All you have to do is require it. Um, you know, it allows them to be able to, um, you know, sign up and get onboarded and get trained, you know, and the main thing that we have found is that once the adjusters are using it, um, then the data that we can give back to the carrier um, enables them to be able to identify what resources that they need. Um, so integration is simple. Um, you just got to be able to say, I'm going to get this done at the carrier level and not let it get floundered through all the people that are, well, this isn't the way that we've done it. You know, If you're going to impact your customer experience, then you've got to change what you're doing. And so that's the way that you can get it done. Yeah, but that's a common excuse uh, everywhere. This isn't how we do it. I, that's not that doesn't just happen in claims. Just so you know. <laughs> well, um, so you're InsureTech. Yeah. You're a, a startup founder, and I'm always interested. At, you know, I am myself as well. So I'm always interested in hearing the war stories of uh, you know when you got started, and so. Uh, Walk us through like the toughest part. Give give our audience an example or 
some kind of uh, story, uh, basically let them know when you're doing a startup, this is what you should expect. So we started in January of 2013, right after Sandy. Um, and one of the toughest things for me was um, giving up field adjusting. So there was um, a claim that really was the kind of the catapult to schedule it. Um, I went to a lady's house on Staten Island and um, I get there and her little boy's out front and he's doing the airplane. He's running all around and he's got his hands up in the air and mom's sitting on the porch and she's, um, you know, rocking the baby. And I get to the front porch and she's crying. And um, I said, you know, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm just glad that you're here. And so for me, it was, you know, eye-opening when she told me that I was her fourth adjuster. Um, it was four months past when Sandy hit. Um, it was really one of those things that, you know, she drained her savings that, you know, she didn't have any money from her carrier, her and these two babies, um, and her three dogs. Oh, we're still in a hotel. Um, and I was her fourth adjuster. And I said, you know, somebody's got to do something in this industry to stop this from happening because we shouldn't treat our fellow neighbors like this. What, what, what was the problem? How, how does stuff like that happen? Well, so, you know, she had an original adjuster. When I look back in the file, she had an original adjuster that was assigned to the claim that never showed up. Um, and that's very common. 25% of all the claims between August, September, and October just last year according to Exactware, were reassigned at least one time. And it's because this is an overwhelming process to these adjusters to get dumped so many claims and to have so many people calling them that they just say, hey, forget it. I'm leaving. I'm not, you know. But carriers and firms don't even know that they've left um, because they're handling such a volume of claims. So her first adjuster didn't even show up. Her second adjuster that once they figured it out um, was there the first week of December. Um, he spent five hours in the property, scoping every room, taking pictures, you know, um, doing everything. But then he, when he turned in his report, there were no photos with it. So it wasn't, you know, he lost the photos for whatever reason. Um, and then he was already back home you know, by the time this was identified. And so then a third adjuster was assigned to the claim. And third adjuster gets there and says, hey, um, this is eight inches off of the foundation. This, you know, this isn't a repairable property and we need an engineer. Well, as you know, in January after Sandy, there weren't any engineers available. Um, engineers were hard to come by. So I got reassigned the claim in February. And so... You know, I just called the carrier and said, look, you know, it's eight inches off the foundation. Here's the photographs, wrote the total loss report, took about 15 minutes, and she had her check in like 10 days. And it was done. But it's not, you know, I mean, assigning based on who is available and what their capabilities are, but who has calendar availability and not just putting all this stress onto the adjusters while they're out in the field. They can only do so much, you know. And that's what Schedule is trying to solve. I love it. it, it I, I, I'm being completely honest. I didn't know that this was a problem. 
you know, you hear horror stories, but you know, if you don't understand the specifics around the horror stories, you don't know. And it makes a lot of sense that if you just dump a hundred claims onto someone, I, I was talking to some other adjuster. Um, and I, I, I guess I vaguely heard them sort of walking through how they optimize their day because they got to pull out a map and then say, well, if I'm in this area, I might as well do these other ones here. So this is, you know, and this, so they were doing that very manual process and schedule it, does it uh, in a much more it, using computers for what computers are good for, you know, yeah, op- optimizing. When you go back to the toughest part of starting this, that was really the toughest part for me because um, I love holding those people's hands and letting them know that, Hey, I'm going to do your paperwork and I'm going to get it to your carrier. And then they're going to help you to be able to get your lives put back together. You know, I mean, I was able to affect maybe five or 600 people a year and it's rewarding. Um, but then, you know, when I think about last year and that what we created here at schedule, it was able to help over 50,000 people get their claims processed faster and their adjusters there faster and that they're able to get their lives back together. And, you know, maybe that prevented somebody from committing suicide or maybe that prevented them from, you know, getting a divorce or, you know, you're really impacting the lives of people because as adjusters, you know, you get to hold their hand all the way through that process. But, you know, it was tough to leave that, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. It's heartwarming. So, you know, uh, do you have a background in technology? You're, you're a tech company now. Yeah. Um, so I did 10 years in healthcare. And during that process, I really learned how to streamline. Um, you know, I worked on the finance side of the hospital, but I worked, you know, to be able to streamline everything that we did in the operating room to be able to bill it automatically. When I first started, we um, did everything manually. And so I was on the team that worked with the developers to be able to say, um, to be able to craft that process. Um, It was not an easy process. Um, Just like insurance, um, the healthcare industry back in the early 2000s had not automated um, like that. But, you know, that's how I really got my passion for technology and to be able to streamline everything. And then my husband, Bob, um, he comes from the automotive industry. So he applies, you know, lean six Sigma to everything. Um, and so, you know, starting with just providing personal scheduling assistance to the adjusters was really how we were able to identify the commonalities between thousands of adjusters to be able to say, Hey, this is what needs to be automated next. This is what we do next. And here's, here's what the adjusters are doing. So here's how we provide the solution. Yeah. So you've come so far, you've learned so much. If you had to go back and do anything over again, would you? Um, you know, I think that we all are on a journey. I don't think that I would change anything that I've done. Um, you know, the Lord's put the right people in our path along the way to be able to help us and to open doors for us. Um, but I mean, I think that if the, if we could go way, way back as an industry, um, I think that I would say, Hey, you know what? Every piece of data we need to put into a format that can be actionable. Um, it's frustrating to get first notice a loss that just says wind damage. When the homeowner says, well, I told them all about this damage, but that doesn't really come through, um, because 
just a lost description field that a customer service person just put one damage, you know, which means there was some software developer who's like, I'm going to put a little notes field and I'm not going to describe it. And we're going to only allow 25 characters. That's exactly great. Good idea. But you know, I mean, in this industry, most people um, in the startup community, they start at the carrier level. Um, you see all these insure techs popping up in these accelerators and um, things like that. So, you know, if I had to do it over, um, somebody asked me just last week, would you start with a carrier? And, um, and I said, no, I wouldn't have. I said, you know, we, need, we provide a solution that affects people um, in, in the trenches, on the ground. And so I'm glad that we started at the adjusters and moved to the independent adjusting firms and then to the TPAs and then to the carriers. Um, I'm glad that we went that, you know, turned it upside down and said, hey, where's the real problem? And let's work with those people to create the solution. You know, so. Well, I love your story. I'd like to uh, spend the rest of the podcast transitioning to learn a little bit more about you so our audience can understand who you are. Sure. Uh, besides being a superwoman who built your own company, nah. um, you, I bet you're not working 24 hours a day. So when you're not working, what do you enjoy doing? You know, I um, live here in Kentucky. My whole family's here. Um, my whole family lives on the same street. Um, my husband calls it a compound. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just like this morning, I was at breakfast with my two aunts, um, you know, Yesterday, I was at my dad's house next door, um, you know, hanging out on the swing and just, you know, getting guidance um, on what I should be anticipating, uh, you know, at this stage of life. And um, but last weekend, you know, I was out in the, the, the field, you know, with my dad who has a sick cow. So, I mean, you know. Family means a lot to us. You know, our church family means a lot to us. And um, just being able to hang out with friends makes all the difference to us. That's lovely. Do you, do you have a favorite aunt? Just kidding. Of course. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? Yeah. And we're yeah. not supposed to say that, though. They're all the same. I love them all the same. Um, what you're a CEO of a tech company, you must have a lot. You must be very busy. And you're also, you know, uh, career as a claims adjuster. So lots of in family life, lots of aunts to visit, lots of stuff swirling around. So what tools or techniques do you use to stay organized, organized and productive? So I'm a very visionary person. So that means I'm a very early adopter to many, many tools. I've probably tried them all. Um, I was one of the early adopters to aerial sketching and um, you know, just being able to automate things. But for me, um, I've found that, um, first of all, I do a Bible study every morning and I write in a journal. Um, so when I'm in the middle of that, you know, if I have my, um, daily task list written on a piece of paper, um, that's the most efficient for me. Um, but our team does a daily standup. Uh, you know what a standup is? I do, but explain it for the audience. Yeah, so stand-up is like where you go around and you say, hey, you know, what's been um, the best part of your day? You know, what are the three things that you were able to accomplish today? What are your three goals for tomorrow? Um, you know, what, who have you impacted yourself that's 
um, made a difference in the lives of the customers and who impacted you to be able to help you make a difference in the lives of the customers. So I really took this philosophy um, from our tech department that does a daily tech stand-up and kind of the same format. But we do it um, in a product called Howdy, um, which is part of Slack's integrations. Do you know what Slack is? You're on my Slack channel. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's how we met. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but for the audience, Slack is like a, a communication tool that you can use. And if you don't have Slack, you should get Slack because you, you're slacking if you're not up yeah. on <laughs> That's oh, good. That's good. You have a, you have a, I, I see you do stand up on the side as well. Sure, yeah. Um, is Howdy, I'm interested, is uh, Howdy, is that a separate app or is that integrated into Slack? Do you have to be on the premium version? Nope, we're on the free version, and um, so it is integrated with Slack, and you can tell it that, hey, at 5 o'clock each day, I want it to run to this group of people and send out these questions, and then it will compile it in a report, um, and so our team has, our management team has from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. each night to be able to answer the questions, and then the report comes out at 10 o'clock each night, and that kind of helps me to be able to um, understand what everybody's doing on the team, you know, and if somebody's doing um, or focused on something that we need to modify, then that helps me to do that. And they can see what I'm doing as well. We're very transparent. So. Okay. Well, this yes. is, this is why I do this show. Mm -hmm. You know, for certain that I will be introducing Howdy to the Slack channel. And as you were describing, I'm like, Oh, I could use that for lots of things besides just stand-up related stuff. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I end every podcast with the question of books because uh, it's valuable. I, I just recently recorded a podcast where someone talked about a book. Uh, it was so interesting the way he described it. I immediately went on Amazon after the recording and got myself a copy. So uh, for for you, Rebecca, which books have you found to be influential in both and or your your business uh, or and or personal lives? Well, of course, the Bible. Um, you know, that's the number one best selling book of all time, right? I do know that. Yeah. So see, um, but second, um, I like the book. It's my pleasure, and I've read it multiple times, um, and it's about Chick Fil A. Um, and so they talk about creating a culture in your company that has a solid foundation and one that team members are wanting to join from your community. And so that's important to me being here in Kentucky um, because, you know, we're known a lot for manufacturing, but we are becoming more of a technology um, state and people don't realize that. Um, you know, with Amazon and UPS here and eBay and, um, you know, Zappos, then all those companies are really tech companies. And so they have a lot of uh, technology um, that they can bring to the area. And so creating a, a really good culture for our company is important to me as a CEO. I think it's important for everyone. I think we, uh, we at Insurance Nerds are constantly talking about what's our culture going to be. You know, what are our values? How do we want everyone to behave? What do we want to get out of this? Um, all of that. It's, it, it's crucial. I, there's some saying, um, I'm going to completely screw it up. But basically, 
uh, was it? Is it culture eats strategy for lunch or something like that? It's like you can have the greatest strategy in the world if you have a bad culture. Forget about it. Not not going to happen. Well, um, we have a really good vice president of operations, Michelle, and um, so she's really done a lot with core values and being able to create a great culture. Um, but one of the things that she did beyond what I've seen in the past is that she worked with us as a senior leadership team to be able to say, what are the habits or behaviors that we want to see from our team members to support these core values? So we give, we identified um, from a senior leadership level, you know, when, when we say create value as one of our core values, what behavior do we expect you to have as an employee? You know, and what behavior does not support this? And to be able to give them actionable things that um, support the culture that we're wanting to build. It's okay to have posters, but if you don't tell anybody how to be able to implement what the words are on the poster, then it really doesn't do any good. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, wonderful podcast recording. Thank you. Um, if someone wanted to uh, find you, reach you, how would they do that? Um, they would go to www.scheduleit.io. And we frequently get asked, what does the IO mean? And for tech companies, it means data in and data out. Because so. you're an insure tech. Okay. I will, um, I will put that information on the show notes. So anyone listening that wants to reach Rebecca, you can just go to the show notes. Everything will be there for you. Uh, happy Friday, Rebecca. Thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, pre-weekend to talk to me and talk to the audience about Schedule It. Uh, I, think it's, I think it sounds fantastic. I want to hear more. Well, Hopefully you don't have any claims to be filed, but if you do, then we'll make sure that they are scheduled efficiently and fast. Once we grow to a certain size, we will absolutely be reaching out to you. So uh, again, thank you. My guest this week has been Rebecca Wheeling of Schedule It. Rebecca, have a great weekend. Thanks. You too.